Last week a new iPhone was released. People wait in line for new electronic devices like they used to wait for concert tickets. But with recent surveys suggesting that people choose their gadgets over their partner, it's possible that cell phones, tablets, and laptops could have a negative effect on relationships. Find out about the impact of electronics on marriages this week on Family Anatomy. psychologists, but they're not your psychologist. So if you need to talk to someone about family or mental health issues, you can get a referral from your family doctor. This show is for information only. Welcome to Family Anatomy, your source for parenting and relationship information with your hosts, Dr. Giuseppe Spezzano and Dr. Brian McDonald. You can find us at familyanatomy.com or over on iTunes. And let's get right into it today. We're talking about how the iPhone is destroying Giuseppe's marriage. (laughs) <laughs> that's a bit that's specific right. it's it's gonna be a very personal show today yes it is yep. i thought it was gonna be your marriage but I don't well know. It, it you know what it's i i think that these devices are having an impact on marriages around the world period yeah. yes well, well and that's why we wanted to well a i mean obviously it's in it's in the news it's on everybody's mind there's a new iphone as we're recording this the new iphone is coming that's right. At the and, end and of the week. It's marriages, it's relationships of all kinds. It's with your kids as well. Sure. It's with your friends. It's mm-hmm. There's lots of relationships and impacts. And you know, once what I said at the beginning is true, right? Like people wait in line sometimes for days. People will be including us. Well, yes. Okay. <laughs> now, well, I would say though, <laughs> in this our was own the iPhone, defense. This was the iPhone 3G well, when this that was first the came very out in Canada. First iPhone the first one in Canada. Was ever released in Canada. Yeah. So that's a little different. We have not waited in line since. No. Says something no. about our mental health. Yeah. I hope. Well, I mean, we probably waited an hour or so to get our new one. Here and there, you know, while they set everything here up. Here and there, but, yeah, that's a little different. But we didn't, we didn't camp out. We did, like not. we did for the first one. <laughs> We're embarrassed to say we we did want uh, that first one when it came out. But the funny thing is that we weren't. I have to say, like, just personally speaking, mm-hmm. that would have been how many years ago are we talking about now? Three, four, well, four years ago. I think it wasn't the first iPhone in two thousand seven. So that would have been 2008. Okay, so So five five years years ago. ago. Yeah, so five years ago, I would say when I first got it, I was using it quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And and it it definitely impacted my relationships, but I didn't really notice it. You know, Mm -hmm. I really didn't. I I felt like, especially texting, I guess, is the big one. Right. Um, You could be talking to someone and just very discreetly text people while you're with someone else. Well... And it was so... You do that, yes. <laughs> right? It's so we easy have, to do. So it's many of so us do that. It's so brief. Yeah. Like you're actually on the phone for maybe 20 seconds. Sure. You know, you're in fr- you're with someone right. face-to-face mm-hmm. for maybe a few hours. 
mm-hmm. an hour, two, three hours. But that text that you're writing is only 20 seconds. Seems like such a small intrusion, really, at first, I would say. Yeah, at first. But it, it's something that maybe at first was a one-off thing because I don't think you or I were texting very much at all before we we no. got our, you know, the fancy smartphones. And, well, now, I mean, we text all the time. <laughs> there's, there's texting all the time. And now I, ha- I would say that over the I'm texting the past, right now. You're... <laughs> Hey, no just, texting just while wanna podcasting. Check, just want to check, check and make sure, see how my wife is doing, see how right. the kids, what the kids are up to. <laughs> <laughs> I would say though that over the past year, mm-hmm. I've, 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 I don't, I didn't do it consciously, but I'm trying to keep. Like I said, I'm not even trying. It's not conscious, and I'm not trying. Mm-hmm. My phone tends to be away when I'm in the company of others I care about. I noticed that it's out, you know, whenever <laughs> right we're now, hanging of course out together, it's out. It's out, <laughs> it's out there. Um, when you're with you your know, family. It, yeah, when I'm at dinner, for instance, mm-hmm. right, I, mm-hmm. I won't have it out on the table. Yeah. Um, now, that, now, I've just realized that that's happening, just gradually happened without me doing anything purposeful there. But it must must be subconsciously. I'm realizing it's some, it's interfering. Yeah. It's interfering with me being present in the moment. Now, isn't there. that interesting? How long has your wife had a smartphone? Well, this is what I think is interesting about it. My wife has only had a smartphone for about a year, mm-hmm. a little over a year. So I don't think she's caught up. <laughs> and so well, the think about that used timeline. to be from her that exactly. I was on it. Think about that timeline. You are observing when she's using the phone. She hasn't caught up with putting it away at dinner or what have you, right? And now that you're observing your partner, maybe a little bit distracted for only 20 seconds or so at a time, you're sort of making a maybe not a conscious effort, but an unconscious one to leave it in your pocket and maybe because you know, I'm feeling the example. effects of that, you know, because like I say, it's only been a year mm-hmm. and I think it takes you a while. Like, well, I know we're always the same talking thing about how it home. takes you yeah. a while to adapt to technology. And this yep. I think is one of these things uh, where it takes you a while to figure out what kind of effect is it having? And like I say, this is without doing research or intentionally trying to change no. my behavior. I was just starting to realize, wait a minute, but there, I'm out of this moment. But there is a lot more research coming down the pipe about what kind of an effect is this having on, on etiquette, on interactions with other people, on, on relationships and, and family relationships and relationships between parents and their kids. Absolutely. And we're going to get to that. But let me just give you a few statistics that I looked up here. 60% of smartphone users check their phones hourly. Yeah, that's from a <laughs> uh, a survey called the Mobile Mindset Survey. Mm-hmm. It's like an online survey. It's not necessarily a representative sample, right? Because it's on the internet and they weren't making an effort to make it represent the, the general population. But that's a big percentage of those respondents. You know, 40% of those people are checking it while they're on the toilet. And 20% of 18 to 34-year-olds say they use their smartphones during sex. During sex. Well, I, Not I, before I can't even begin sex. to understand <laughs> what that's all about. Um, 75% of people have their smartphones within five feet at all times. At all times, yeah. And you're seeing information from that survey saying that people feel panicked if they don't know where their smartphone is. 7% of those respondents said they would feel sick, physically sick. If they didn't know, if they had misplaced their smartphone. That's, yeah, that's pretty serious. 30% report 
using a smartphone on a date. Yeah, during meals with others. Right. Yeah, um, 30%. Now, you know, we're talking about smartphones a lot, but there is a distinction to make between smartphones and other screens that we've had for many, many years, decades, like TVs, for instance. The, the, one of the big differences is it's so immediate. It's so readily available. It's yeah. in your pocket. It's in your purse. It's right there. And you can access TVs, it discreetly or you feel like it's discreet. Whether it is or it ex- isn't. That's right. Uh, uh, so that's a big difference. But screens by themselves have a lot of the same qualities. They're just, it's not sort of that slot machine type yeah. addiction yeah. that you have with the smartphone because it's so readily accessible and easy and, and quick and discreet. Well, like you and said, you- but you know, if we look at TV, about two thirds of the population say they have their TV on during meals. Right. Two thirds mm-hmm. say they have about two thirds say they have a TV in the bedroom. So screens well, look, are, this, are the, more pervasive, the, uh, but they're, they, there's a different quality. But TV is also one of the things we're talking about. Gadgets, period, are pervasive. There was a, a survey that came out from the Consumer Electronics Association, the people that that do that big gathering in I don't know if it's in LA or Vegas or where the Consumer Electronics Show is, but. These are the people that organized that, and they did a survey that found that the average American household has 24 electronic gadgets. So they might have a few TVs. They've got their handheld games that maybe the kids are playing with. They've got their iPhones or their cell phones or their tablets or their laptops or their computers. I mean, 24 in a house in the average home, that's a lot of gadgets. That's a lot of activities competing for your attention. It right? is. And-, and, and you know what? You know how you know when it's getting to be too much? And I know, I'm sure we've, I don't think we've talked about it, but I bet you felt this is when you get the phantom phone by vibration in your pocket and you're like, Oh, did that ring? Did somebody just text me? And you pull it out to look and no, nope, there's nothing. Or my phone's not even in my pocket. It's over there. That's right. I know you, you get a little that. tingling in your leg. Right? Yeah. That's <laughs> a real thing. It is a real yeah, thing. Yeah. It's like restless it's leg syndrome. There, you know? It's always there. But you know, the other thing we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, couples and how it affects them a little bit today. But uh, when it comes to kids, there's a there's also that same effect on the relationship. So it's so funny that we are, I mean, we've been conditioned for years, I think, decades maybe, to be conscious of the screen time that the kids are getting. And however, we know at the same time, what, you know, there's the t- it's statistic. It's still rising. Yeah. Well, only a third of parents restrict their kids' screen time use. Only a Only third. Only a third. Well, so that's two thirds of parents. You know, they have all these twenty-four gadgets yeah, on yeah, average. Yeah. They're not restricting their use, and kids are so drawn to these things. But I mean, you definitely hear that even the parents who aren't restricting their use feel like, oh my gosh, I know my kids are in front of the TV or in front of the computer too much, or they're, you know, yeah, they I don't know, like it. I, I know for myself, I, I found in the summertime it's hard to monitor what the, you know, you send them outside, but they might have some kind of a gadget with them, or they they sort of police themselves to some extent in our house but they know what our expectations are uh but it's i mean we don't want to run the home like a like a boot camp either it's so tough the research that we were referring to earlier that uh, there's a study by um these researchers andrew no, i'm not going to say his last name you properly. can't possibly are you going to try that one uh, give it a shot it's missing some vowels i'm not i couldn't Prisbilski? even Prisbilski? 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 possibly I think yeah. that's pretty close. And Netta Weinstein is a little bit easier. That's to say. easier, sure. These two uh, researchers from the University of Essex. Right. 
they did two different studies. The first one, the Journal of Social and Personal Relationships, I think it was. Yep. In the May. Title, that's right, just this year. Can you connect with me now? How the presence of mobile communication technology influences face-to-face conversation quality. Right. So, Like, can you hear me now from those old cell phone commercials? Yeah. yeah. So uh, tell us what they did. Well, what they did was that they had they had strangers interact together. The first study, they, they were talking about some moderately intimate kind of a, a subject. They spent 10 minutes talking about something that had happened to them recently. And in the room, not even in their direct line of sight, was a table that had two things on it. One of those things was either a cell phone or a notebook. Nobody was using the cell phone. I think phone. they had a book sort of as one thing. And then yep. the second item was either the a notebook, notebook or the cell phone. Or the cell phone, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, having a cell phone in the same room was enough to create a significant difference between those two groups of people. So what they found was that if there was a cell phone in the room, the people who were interacting with one another said that their feeling of connectedness was lower, that their feeling of closeness to the other person was lower. And these are two people that don't know one another very two, well. Two strangers, they do questionnaires at the end of this yeah, interact, yeah. this little conversation. That so they don't know each with. other at all, except they spent 10 minutes talking about something that happened to them in their lives. So they know one another for a little bit for 10 minutes. They're, they're acquainted somewhat, but if there's a cell phone in the room, and that just had some have, impact. This is the thing that's... Nobody's even using uh, it. Nobody's even on it. It's just in the room, I wow. guess, in their peripheral vision. Yeah, yeah, because right? it so wasn't right in their line right of sight. There, but it's in the peripheral vision, and they know it's there, and just knowing it, it's there reduces the level of connection that they report later in in the questionnaire. Now, they, so they, they don't call yeah. attention to the fact that there was a phone there. You know, if it was a gold right. iPhone, probably they both connect with one another talking about, wow, you know, this is, is this the new phone? Wow, what? <laughs> Tell me more about this. I don't know if I, they I talk about, about the about phone. That. That's, that's something yeah. else. But, but, but that's, it tells you something about our relationship with these smartphones. Right. That they're, they're vehicles for us to leave the present moment. That's what they signify. Absolutely. Well, and you feel like what you're doing is connecting with another person. And I know I've read some articles where talking about, well, should you or shouldn't you send a text message or respond to a text message when you're in conversation with someone else? And there were some people whose opinion was, well, it's sort of like you're bringing that other person into the, if you do it where you're bringing the other person into the circle of interaction, then that might be okay. Yeah, like you could do a FaceTime, for instance, or sure. video Skype, and we could have a friend right here. Or we could sit here and say, oh, hey, you know, I've got a text from Richard. He's asking about this. Let's, what, what should we What should we tell him? And then it's the, everybody kind of getting together to talk about it. So even with texting, you can sort of bring the other person into the circle, however, but it's not, it's still a distraction however, from the interaction. That's it, because we go to the second study. Right. Right? Yeah. So the second study... Um, what they wanted to know is, is there any effect on the type, depending on the type of conversation right. you're having, mm-hmm. whether it be a more superficial one or something with a little more depth to it. Yeah. If it's right? a casual conversation versus something that's more intimate. And again, they had so a they, bunch of strangers sit down together and talk for 10 minutes about either a casual... Yeah, two by two. Yeah. And pairs, the yeah. same situation, yeah, right? Absolutely. Uh, and I think the example they gave is the, the more superficial conversation was about plastic trees. Versus uh, the year's more most important events for them, right? Very interesting. So, so when it when it had to do with the plastic trees, the the conversation, and the cell phone was there, it didn't make any difference. Didn't make a difference at all. 
But when it was a more intimate type of conversation, there was a significant difference dropped. between those two groups. Relationship quality, feelings of uh, the perceptions of the other person's empathy and feelings of trust both dropped because there was a phone there because there was when, a phone there when you're talking about an intimate topic when it yeah, that's right when it's something where there's some depth <laughs> necessary there's not a lot of times when i don't have a cell phone in my pocket i mean it's not always <laughs> in the peripheral but wow yeah yeah that's right so it's you know it says it says a lot about what they mean to us and what they they the promise that they give us the promise of being able to escape that's <laughs> at some level Mm-hmm. the moment that we're in and whether you're escaping uh the moment that you're in or you're feeling like you're connecting with somebody else you're definitely distracting yourself and when when we talk about mindfulness and active listening and being present in the moment i mean there's a whole lot of psychologists who are talking about i, I think you know someone who recently took a course just on mindfulness and Absolutely. interventions and how to help people become yeah. more more present and mindful of the living force young padawan it's a Star, Star Wars line. <laughs> and I got distracted there. But, you know, there's another th- another survey, like, again, not scientific research, but more data where they're asking people, and I think it's the same company that, that organized the online survey, but they were asking people, well, what would you be least likely to give up? Your cell phone or tablet? Coffee? Sex? Alcohol? And if you were under 49 years old? Cell phone was the thing you were least likely to give up. 30 to 38% of people said cell phone is the thing I would I'd give up sex before I gave up my cell phone. Right? Wow. And you know what the older people it was? What? Coffee. They would hang on to coffee and then give up everything else, but they need their coffee when you're <laughs> older. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, there's the, the effects on relationships. We should talk about that a mm-hmm. little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Social media. Right. right? Facebook. So we've tried to take these screens and devices and make them serve our social needs, right? So we can get things like Facebook and Twitter Mm -hmm. and so on. Mm -hmm. Before Facebook came about, there was a semblance of that because you might get an email with, you know, 20 people. Right. You know, it was a joke or something that your brother-in-law sends you or someone at work sends you. And there's 20 different email addresses on there and there's a joke. Right. Right. Now, when you receive, this is a little, uh, little thought experiment for you. Okay. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> when you received an email like that, uh-huh. did you always read them? I still get those emails. You still get them? Uh, and I do not always read you them. You do not always read them. Now, yeah. is one of the reasons you don't read them, because you like humor. Are they humor ones? I I hope so. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not reading them. That's right. You're not reading them. (laughs) Some of them I read. It depends on where they're from. Right. But isn't the fact that it's being sent to 20 different people lower the level of intimacy you're feeling and your need to feel like you need to respond to the one person that sent it to these 20 people? If it does, if an email comes to me that's been forwarded from somewhere else, I do think about, okay, well, is that something I need to look at right now? Uh, and I mean, often when I'm checking my email, it's sort of in between other things, right? I'm running from one thing to the next, so it's not. But it diffuses that level of intimacy, right? Right, right. It, and like Facebook, if, you're if just I find kind of something, I just there, want you to see it, right? Right. There's a level of intimacy about that. It's like, different, right? It's but different. if I find something like that, typically I send a text. 
If right, I find something like that, I send it as a text rather than an email. Sure, but I'm I rarely before send email. Facebook, and I guess before we were texting too, right? right? Um, so th- that was already there, like the the seeds of what turned into Facebook, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Being able to share sort with of your broadcast, and, yeah. Right, you're kind of broadcasting it instead right. of sort of narrow casting your message, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It does lower the level of intimacy. Doesn't mean it's not can't be fun and interesting and everything like sure, that. Sure, I found some good jokes that way. Right. But it's not something that helps you connect at a deeper level with other people. You do have some friends probably on Facebook that are your real friends and people that you see in person or people you communicate with on on a regular basis. And then you have your Facebook friends who are either more like acquaintances. Sometimes there are people you haven't met that just like something that you post or you like something that they posted and you don't, you don't talk to them as much. You know, I certainly have some people on my Facebook from high school and it's, I like seeing what they're up to. I don't necessarily respond to all the things that they, that they put up, but I think it's neat to kind of catch up with what they're doing. Neat's a good word. You know, do I feel more connected to those people? Well, more than if I wouldn't see their picture come up ever, Right. Yeah, you wouldn't necessarily super, think about people you went to high school with. But it's a superficial level of, of connection, right? Which is it fun. Certainly it certainly can be interesting. And, and for young people especially, right, who don't necessarily know, know the difference yet between the depth of those kinds of connections, it can be confusing. It can trick you into feeling like you've got all well, these 500 close friends who will be there if you need them. But that's not necessarily the case. That's right. And I think, you know, part of the danger here is that if there's a lot of stress in your life or if you don't have really connected, secure relationships, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. These superficial connections can fill the void. Right. And, and they, they can, can take can, on an exaggerated be, importance. Exactly. So right. that, you know, when you're trying to get your partner or your kids off of one of these things, they yep. can react well, well kids, yeah. kids can react pretty, you know, pretty aggressively. Well, and, I, and Gordon Newfeld, I think, has a new chapter in the updated version of Hold On to Your Kids about this subject and the idea that kids are are anxious about people responding to those things that they put out there, whether it's a text or a message on Facebook, and, and they're sitting, staring at the screen, waiting for something to come back because their peer relationships are not those solid, secure, trusting that, kinds of that's relationships. That's right, and you know, the analogy that he makes is that you know, you don't serve, there's a time and a place for these digital devices, mm-hmm. right? And so you don't serve dessert before you serve the main course, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. So, That's you know, see, and if so, because if you do, you're satiated with the dessert, right? So if you're always on screens, if your kids are always on screens, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to be satiated with that superficial stuff connection, right? And they're going to be empty for that real secure connection. First of all, they won't have time. They won't have the interest. Because most of the time, if they're texting or they're doing kids with things with uh, their phone, they're doing it with their peers. So they're not really connecting with the people they need to, which is to their parents anyway. That's right. Right. So it takes them away from their parents. It fills them up with dessert. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Mm For that analogy. So, but it, it can also be used in a way to encourage that closeness, to connect with the people who you really do care about, to contact. I mean, I know my parents really love it if my kids call them, like do a video call with them, a FaceTime call or a Skype call. They, it's, it's, uh, well, I mean, it's like we live in the future a lot of the time, right? My son, if he's out at a, a sleepover or something, if, if he's unable to call for whatever reason, I'll get a text. 
he'll say good night. You know, I was thinking of you or whatever. That's I. I mean, I think those th- that part is is kind of the positive element that you can get. If you're out of town, you're going to get a video phone call probably from your kids and, and your wife. And we do that. Well, we have uh, we have relatives out of town. My wife's right. uh, parents. And we regularly do FaceTime with them. We have my sister just on the outskirts of the city. We right. do that too. That's a little different. And going back to Newfeld for a second, he talks about mm-hmm. collecting the eyes and the smile and the yeah. nod. Yep. You can get that with that visual connection right. with FaceTime or video uh, Skype But call. it's sort of how are you using it? Are you That's using right. it so to connect use- with your peers or are you using it to connect with your family members and, the, and to, to maintain the relationships that really matter? That's right. Now, when you're getting, if you're getting texts from people and it is more like you said with your son, where there is something deeper there. Mm-hmm. When you get a text from your son saying, good night, I love you, that's deeper. If it continues on to talk about soccer while you're in the presence of another person. Uh-huh. <laughs> then I have to make a you decision. You know what I'm saying? Then I have to make a decision. Is, is a conversation with my son more important than connecting with the people who I'm sitting with. And it would be rude for me to sit in a long texting conversation with my boy. I know that, but I have to balance that out too, right? If he's trying to talk to me about something, you know, he, he if he's looking for an interaction from me, I have to do my best to be present for him. Well, that's right. So you do have to balance it. Uh, and yep. it does depend on how you value the relationships that you have around totally. you. Totally. Uh, the other thing is that we're talking about using the phone to either superficially connect mm-hmm. or maybe even connect at a d- deeper level, right? right. Um, but the phone can be used for a lot of other things that don't have anything to do with texting or emailing totally. or FaceTime. Well, or depending anything like on what that. kind of phone you have, well, yeah. You, you know, you could be checking your calendar. You could right. be checking, you could be using the calculator on it. You could be yeah. using, looking at the photographs. You could be, there's a million other things you could be doing that have nothing to do with connecting with a, th- a third party outside right. of your immediate interaction. Well, for the longest time, those iPhones in big cities, they they couldn't make a call on AT&T. So, so you, you had this fancy iPhone and it could do everything else but right. make now, a phone call. Well, this is it. So now what you're saying is, well, you're not interrupting this moment for another person. You're interrupting this moment for something even easier than another person. Mm-hmm. Because when you're looking at photographs or your calendar or this or that, this is something so non-threatening and with no baggage that can't get angry at you, that can't right. uh, reject you, that can't do any any of the things that people can do <laughs> to you, right? The, and the, speaking of getting angry, I mean, I'm, I just got uh, three stars on an Angry Birds level as we're as we're talking about that. We're playing video games. Okay, at the same so let time. me repeat what I said. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Uh, you it's easier than it's, it's easier it's than it's so easy to escape mm-hmm. into that over the like and comparatively that, more threatening relationship that that's in escape, front of you. That escape can perpetuate itself, right? It it can become I don't know if you'd call it an addiction, right? I, I mean certainly in our, our new diagnostic manual that we've talked about in a few episodes before. There are some new kind of categories requiring further work, including internet gaming addiction. And that's something now that people can carry in their pocket. Um, but it is something that that can suck away more and more of your time. The more you do it, the more you're going to. Unless you see that other people are doing the same thing and you kind of feel the other side of that. You feel that disconnection. You feel that they're distracted. You feel that they're not in the moment, that they're not hearing what you're saying to them, that they're not listening to you then that might 
encourage you to make that shift, make that change. That's right. And and if you're talking about your kids, uh, you know, if your kids are not respecting your rules around the phone, mm-hmm. right, it might say something about they're needing a better connection with you because they, they're more likely to follow your rules if the connection was good. If they're not following your rules at all, right. you got a big problem because their connection is not there with you. Therefore, you're, you know, you're, what you're getting is only them going into this dessert all the time. Yeah. You know, we, we might think of some, some general rules that people might start to consider. Because, like I say, the the technologies run far past our ability to yeah. to to really understand its effects at this point, mm-hmm. uh, and we're right in the middle of this revolution, really. But uh, you know, don't, you do, you want to prevent these here's, negative here's effects simple, as much as you here's can. Here's a simple rule that you might want to try and follow for the most part. Sure, right? don't have your smartphone out when you're in the company of other people. That's a tough one. That's a tough sell, right? Right. That's that is a tough sell, but. Think about the effect it's having mm-hmm. and whether this is something you want to try and do because it can make a difference. The Now, I mean, here's the other thing you could say. You could say it's awareness, really. Right. You could say, you know what? I'm out with a group of people that I'm not really fond of. Mm-hmm. So by might, all means, well, pull that's out different. the phone <laughs> and sure. spend more time on the phone than but you when do you're with these out, people. When you're out but for if a you family care meal. about the relationships yep. you're with... Mm-hmm. Right, you're, you're, uh, that you're that are around the table with you when yep. you're out, or yep. walking down the street together, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, or being at the park with your son or daughter. Right, right. Are you sitting there on your phone while your child is playing? Well, listen, you as, know what I'm saying. So, when you're in the company of other people, yeah, consider this as something you might want to do. Don't have your phone out while you're in the company of people you care about. And that's, it's so interesting that you say that because that's years ago when I first started doing family therapy, one of the things that I used to talk with families about was the idea of, look, you need some protected time together as a family. You need some time when the phone's not going to ring, when the TV's off. Maybe family meals is a time when you turn off the TV and you take the phone off the hook or you turn the ringer off and choose not to answer it. But you need some time with your kids or together as a couple where those other distractions aren't going to get in the way. Now, that was before cell phones were big. It was the same problem then. It's more ubiquitous now because we carry those screens with us. That's it's, right. If it, you turn off the TV, there's a cell phone. If the cell phone's turned right? off, there's an iPad. If there's yep. not an you know. There's everything. <laughs> there's so many things that you have to... Well, 24 of them on the yeah, average house, right, in the States. That's right. That's right. So uh, th- that's, that's I think, would be a general rule to, yeah. to try and uh, remind yourself of. Like I say, if it doesn't matter to you what relationships are in front of you... Have at it. But with the important relationships, and especially with your, your partner and your kids, I mean, you, you do need some of that do not disturb time. I think you do. I'm sure most of those phones have an option where you can press do not disturb for a certain amount of time. Hopefully that's like the case. Like we did before this podcast started. Oh, we, yeah, you're right. We did do that. So we do know about that feature. <laughs> we do. don't always use it. But it, even if it's not on the table and it's in your pocket, I mean, you can be distracted by those buzzes that go off. You've got the ringer turned off. And you can feel, oh, that's a text message. tingling even though well, it's not. A, uh, it's whether it's not tingling or not, going. absolutely. So you, I think you do need to, to think about turning off, you know, just being incommunicado, being disconnected from the digital world for an hour while you're having a meal with your wife maybe isn't such a bad thing. It's that promise of being transported elsewhere. Yeah. Right? Can you stand 
not having that promise in your pocket while you're talking to someone you care about. Mm-hmm. Right? So what do you think? It's a tough one when you break, uh, when you have to break some bad habits that have developed over the years, <laughs> you right? You do. There you go. I think it must be time for our top three things. I think it is. Let's do it. So the number one thing to remember is cultivate your connections to the people that you care about and love. Because that, I mean, if you have strong connections to the people around you, this isn't as much of a problem for you. You know, you, you have your, like Neufeld would say, you have your main meal, you're eating your main meal. If you want a little dessert after, that's okay. That's right. And the second thing that I think is a, is a positive about these devices is the idea that you should, you can and you should use them to make it easier to connect with people who you really care about when you're not in the company of others, when you're not out for lunch with all of your friends. That's right. And the third thing to remember is try not to have your cell phone or your smartphone out when you're in the company of people that you care about because it's taking you away you away from that moment, which I suppose from time to time might be okay, especially if you followed the number one thing to, right, to remember right. well at least uh, lay some ground rules for yourself and and you know what that reminds me of maybe you and your partner can talk about some ground rules that you can both agree on and live with exactly and that brings us to the end so that's it for us you can visit us at familyanatomy.com or email us at info at familyanatomy.com you can find us on facebook you can find us on twitter you can find us on google plus hopefully you're, you're searching those things when you're not with all of your friends and family If you're listening on your iPhone or iPod, you can find us on the podcast app. As usual, we'll leave you with a bit of a tune by Brother Love, and he's over at brotherloverocks.com. Thanks for listening. See you in two weeks. Anatomy.com.